0: Redskins, Capitals, Wizards and the Nationals, reping for my teams cause I stay loyal to the Capitol. Drop me off You know, I like to do these episodes midweek because I want to avoid overreaction Mondays during the NFL season. The day after a game, I always am in my head and I'm just like, oh my gosh, we're the worst team in the league, or oh my goodness, we're the best team in the league. That's me. I'm polar opposites. I'll go on both ends of the spectrum. After we won the Eagles game, I was like, man, this defense, feeling it. Dwayne Haskins, the guy, loving it all. And then after the Giants game, I went, oh my Lord, can we even beat the Jets? Everywhere. But now I understand why I do it midweek, because I realized I know who Ron Rivera is. I've not met Ron Rivera, but I know who he is. He's the guy that gets hot at the blackjack table and then ends up losing all his money, or at least that's what happened this past Sunday against the New York Giants. It was a tale of two plays from the two-yard line. Play number one, after a nine-yard quarterback draw on third and goal from the 11, the New York Giants are up 10-3 with 6-18 left in the second quarter. So it's now fourth and goal from the Washington two-yard line, and the Giants elect to kick a field goal. They go up 13-3. to That's play number one. Play number two. We just score a touchdown with 36 seconds left on the clock, and it was an absolutely beautiful throw. Just a dime from Kyle Allen. To Cam Sims in the left corner of the end zone. His only catch of the day, I want to say. And it puts us down one. It's 20 to 19. An extra point ties the game. Ron Rivera decides to go for the win. He decides to go for two. And wouldn't you know it, we did not convert. And I remember just being puzzled by the decision because the defense was playing so well. And it felt like we were the better team. But looking back, we should have seen this decision coming. For that, let's go back to the second quarter. We're down 13 3 with 1 11 left on the clock before the half. And it's fourth and nine from the Giants' 45 yard line. We decide to punt, of course. And Tress Way has a punt that is down by Danny Johnson at the one yard line. Absolutely perfect special teams play. Perfect special teams. But a flag comes out running into the kicker, five yard penalty. Every coach would decline this, but not Ron Rivera. He decides to accept, and he went for it on fourth and four. Our offense had its struggles, and he decided to go for it on fourth and four. And on that fourth and four, Kyle Allen rolled right, evading a rush, and delivered a 15-yard strike to Dontrell Inman. Beautiful. Fast forward a bit more, and he throws an absolute dime in the left corner of the end zone again to Logan Thomas with 13 seconds left on the clock. Once again, beautiful. We go into halftime down 13-10. to If we had accepted the penalty, it's still 13-3. to The Giants are at the one-yard line. Maybe we get a safety. Maybe we force a three and out. Maybe we get the ball back. We're looking at 13-3 or five or six. 13-10. Ron rolled the dice and it paid off. He rolled the dice one more time in the fourth quarter. It was third and six and Kyle Allen scrambled to the right and looked like he reached the marker, but he was marked short of the line of gain and Ron Rivera decided to challenge that and it ended up resulting in a first down. We won the challenge. Ron Rivera, riverboat run, won the challenge and we got that first down instead of a fourth and one that was called on the field. So now you fast forward to the touchdown from Kyle Allen to Cam Sims 20 to 19. What's one more time? You've already won twice. Why not make it three for three? Ron Rivera went for the win because he got hot at the blackjack table and ended up losing all his money, or in this case, the game. And I didn't like the decision. Again, hindsight's twenty twenty, of course, but even in the moment, I didn't like it because your defense allowed zero points in the second half. The only points they got was off that Kyle Allen fumble. And your defense only allowed 15 yards in the fourth quarter. They found their groove. Kyle Allen, overall pretty good. Especially his first half stat line. 16-21 for 151 yards, a touchdown, a pick. Now it was a bad pick. And it was right to Bradbury. It was really bad. But the rest of his half was very good. And in the second half, he played pretty well too, aside from the fumble. The first three and out for the offense came in the third quarter. So Kyle Allen is sustaining his drives as we've been talking about he's doing his job his qbr he ended up finishing with around a 70. it's two straight weeks at around 70. so this game should have been won it should have gone to overtime and i'm very confident that we would have won that game but we decided to roll the dice you learn to play to win i don't give a crap i don't think that's how this should have been done i get it i suppose But looking at the flow of the game, looking at how inept the Giants offense was looking as the game progressed, and looking at how Kyle Allen's confidence grew as the game progressed, it just made more sense to go to overtime. And I really do think we would have won if the Giants had won the toss. There's no way they're scoring a touchdown. No way they're scoring a touchdown. And if we win the toss, heck, we'd already scored two on offense and we'd scored in our last possession. So why not? But it is what it is. Kendall Fuller had another interception and it was on the play immediately after he got called for pass interference on a third and three. It's his fourth interception on the season and his fourth in the last three games. It ties him for the league lead with Miami Dolphins corner, Xavier Howard, Kendall Fuller, keep balling, man. You are killing it. Absolutely killing it. Now that's going to conclude the wrap up on the giants game. We're going to conclude the show with a preview of it's Dallas week. The game against the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm going to talk about the Eagles Giants a little bit as well. That game is being played tonight with Eagles as three and a half point favorites. But first, we get into the State of the Union, your DC Sports wraparound coverage right now. We have the opportunity this week to begin with college basketball, so we are going to begin with it and the Georgetown Hoyas. They are going to be playing 25 regular season games this season, according to CBS Sports Reporter John Rothstein. They will not, however, be playing in any regular season tournaments. That means no preseason tournaments like against non-conference opponents such as Duke and Texas like we had done last season. They are just going to be playing the regular season games and any postseason games should they make any tournaments there. Onto hockey, the Washington Capitals have re-signed defenseman Jonas Siegenthaler to a one-year $800,000 deal. He played 64 games last season and was second on the team with 105 block shots trailing only John Carlson who had 108 block shots on the season siegent dollar also had two goals and seven assists in those games and had a plus minus of 11. so he's a great player to have on the ice because good things seem to happen when you have that kind of plus minus kevin mccarthy has joined new coach peter laviolette's coaching staff mccarthy will be in charge of the defenseman and was with laviolette in carolina in 2006 when they won the stanley cup together and just a reminder Peter LaViolette, again, is the new coach for the Capitals. He took over for Todd Reardon last month and has a solid coaching record. He is the fourth coach in NHL history to lead three different teams to the Stanley Cup Finals, winning with the Hurricanes in 2006. Flyers, he went there in 2010 and with the Predators in 2017. Let's hope he can make it four different teams. On to baseball. The World Series is going on right now, but the Washington Nationals are not a part of it. However, they did re-sign Josh Harrison to a one-year deal. He had joined the Nats this past July and hit three home runs and had 14 RBIs in 33 games for the team this season. Once again, Josh Harrison has re-signed with the Nats to a one-year deal. Now, the part I'm excited about, let's get to soccer. DC United, they won a game. They actually did it. They played FC Cincinnati and won 2-1. The goals were scored by defenders Donovan Pines and Chris Adoy atsum Pines' goal was off a completely mishandled ball from goalkeeper Rob Edwards. Hey, we'll take it. I don't care how it comes. Three points or three points. And later on in the 78th minute, Adoy atsum in a 1-1 game scored his goal off a rebound from a shot by Kevin Paredes. The 17-year-old who is going to be a star. Kevin Paredes is a very creative player. I love watching him play. Chris Odoyatsum, fun fact, went to Damatha for high school and Maryland for college. So he's DMV through and through. And you love to see when a local guy does well. Up next for DC United, their season continues Saturday versus Atlanta United at 4 p.m. And against Columbus on Wednesday at 8 p.m., Atlanta is in 11th place in the Eastern Conference, and we're only four points back at them, so we could bag a point or even three there and ride the momentum. Columbus, however, is in third place in the Eastern Conference, so maybe tough sledding here, but again, we'll see what happens. DC United finally get three points since coronavirus, so this is huge. Let's see how they do from here. The Washington Spirit three players got called up to the U.S. Women's National Team's October training camp that is currently ongoing through October 28th. Number one, Aubrey Bledsoe, 28 year old, has been with the spirit for three years now joining the team in January 2018. She was NWSL goalkeeper of the year in 2019 and another fun fact for you she saved a megan rapino penalty in her career which is a hell of an accomplishment when you consider that megan rapino made all her penalties in the world cup run most recently for the united states the other players two ashley's number one ashley hatch the 25 year old has been with the spirit for three years as well also joining the team in january 2018 She was NWSL Rookie of the Year in 2017 with the North Carolina Courage, and more recently, she scored and assisted in the Closed Door Friendly versus the North Carolina Courage, her former team. Who did she assist? That would be the other Ashley. Ashley Sanchez, 21-year-old rookie out of UCLA. She was the fourth overall pick in last year's NWSL draft, and she scored her first goal for the club in the Closed Door Friendly versus the North Carolina Courage. She was also the recipient of the... 2020 future legend award during the nwsl challenge cup and was the youngest participant in the tournament as well she has an amazingly bright future whenever she's on the ball she looks to make things happen she takes on defenders she knows when to release the ball and she knows when to shoot and to stay aggressive absolutely love ashley sanchez And I hope that all three of them do well and actually get capped, meaning that they play in some games for the U.S. women's national team. That is going to conclude your D.C. Sports wraparound coverage and the State of the Union here. And now we get to NFC East Week and, more specifically, Dallas Week. Let's get to the preview with the Dallas Cowboys it's nfc east week we've got the dallas cowboys playing your washington football team and we've got the philadelphia eagles playing the new york giants now that game eagles giants game is happening tonight before i get into that here are the nfc standings as they are and these games are huge because the standings are so close and not in a good way the dallas cowboys are in first place with a two and four record the philadelphia eagles are in second place with a one four and one record The New York Giants are in third place with a 1-5 record, and your Washington football team are in fourth place with a 1-5 record. Now, as I'd said, the Philadelphia Eagles and New York Giants play tonight, and the Eagles are entering as three-and-a-half-point favorites, and I expect the Eagles to win that game. I think they'll cover as well. Deshaun Jackson is rumored to be returning tonight, and that is a huge boost to Carson Wentz, who likes to air it out downfield. Deshaun Jackson helps with that. We know that. He killed us for years before joining us, and then he helped us with that. It's what he does. He's a downfield threat, and he's good in the intermediate routes. The emergence of wide receiver Travis Fulgham for the Philadelphia Eagles is huge. He looks like he could be a superstar, honestly. He's performed very well against the 49ers, against the Ravens, and against the Steelers. Aren't exactly cupcakes. He looks like he could be a stud in the NFC East for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, on the other side of the ball, we saw what the New York Giants can do on offense, and the answer is not a whole lot. Okay, so the Eagles have a good run defense and a solid pass rush, and you know what that means is that Daniel Jones is going to have to win the game for the Giants. I expect him to do just a little bit too much, might even fumble once or twice, throw an interception. I think he's going to turn that ball over. I think the Eagles are going to win, probably by double digits, honestly. They should easily cover tonight. But now on to our matchup, the one we care about, Dallas Cowboys, Washington football team. We play the Andy Dalton led Dallas Cowboys, not the Dak Prescott led Dallas Cowboys, Andy Dalton led Dallas Cowboys. Now, Andy Dalton's a decent quarterback, but he's not Dak Prescott. So immediately helpful that he's the one playing. Normally, I like to go through, you know, some brief summary stats How many pass yards per game you have, rush yards you have, etc. I'm not going to do that with their offensive stats, but they are absolutely atrocious on defense, specifically stopping the run. They give up 5.1 yards per carry and over 170 yards per game. Kenyon Drake who had done close to literally nothing the first few games for the Arizona Cardinals. And fantasy owners know that for sure. Kenyon Drake looked like a major bust. He was going in late first round, early second round in fantasy drafts. He got right against the Dallas Cowboys with 164 yards and two touchdowns on the ground on Monday night. Anyone can run on these guys. We're not the best running team, but if the coaching staff is smart... They'd look at how woeful Dallas is on defense, stopping the run, and they would give us a mix of Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, and Peyton Barber. I would expect Peyton Barber actually to be involved a bit more than people think or that he has been in the last couple of weeks. This seems like the type of game where he can do something, and it seems like a breakout game for Antonio Gibson is possible. It would also, if those guys can get going, make it much easier for kyle allen to be himself now what do i mean by that kyle allen is not patrick mahomes we know that he's not aaron Rodgers. he's not any of those guys that can sling it downfield pretty regularly his average depth of target not very high he's more of a dink and dunk take what the defense gives you kind of guy okay that's why jd mckissick gets so involved that's why antonio gibson sometimes gets very involved a lot of the touches Terry McLaurin got, wide receiver screens, okay? It's it's not a lot of stuff deep downfield. Now, he has an ability to do it. We saw it this past Sunday with two absolute dimes to Logan Thomas and Cam Sims, respectively, at the end of each half. But we need him to just be able to take what the defense gives him, to be able to sustain drives, and let the running game power us through this game. Dallas has internal leaks coming out. And they're saying that they're totally unprepared for games and the coaches don't know what they're doing. This is the first place team in the NFC East. Two and four sucks, but they're still in first place. And these leaks are coming out now. And despite missing their starting quarterback and these reports leaking publicly, along with an absolutely terrible run defense, as well as pass defense, that's not very good either. They're still three and a half point favorites on the road to your Washington football team. I predicted a win last week, and I have no idea what to expect from this team anymore, especially with Riverboat Ron fully embracing Riverboat Ron. He got hot at the table, I'm going to say it again, and he ended up losing the game. Who knows what will happen this week? If he gets hot at the table, is he going to make a couple suspect decisions again? Or is he going to play it safe this time and, upon looking at film, realize that we would have won that game if we had just gone to overtime. I don't know what to expect. I don't know how aggressive he's going to be, how relaxed he's going to be. There's a cutoff point for Dwayne Haskins. There's not one for Kyle Allen, and apparently he never said there was for Dwayne Haskins. When he saw Sadiq Charles play two snaps, he said, Man, that guy is something else. It only took him two snaps to see that. Just sort of bizarre. Sort of unpredictable in that sense. Good coach. I don't doubt that. But interesting. (laughs) So it's hard to know what to expect. But if I had to guess, if I had to guess, given everything that's been going down, I would expect a very close game. So I would expect us to cover at the very least. And we did cover last week. I don't know about a win. I am a bit skeptical there. But Dallas is just, oh, man, they're a total mess. The more I think about it, my gosh, both teams are just such a mess. I'll be a homer. I'm going to give it to Washington. I'm going to go with the higher scoring game, though. I'm going to say 27 to 24. I'd expect Dustin Hopkins to redeem himself. That was something we didn't even talk about. If he had just made that field goal at the very beginning, maybe we're talking about a 2-4 and four team at the top of the division. Dustin Hopkins to redeem himself. I think Peyton Barber actually is going to score a touchdown, maybe even two. And I expect Kyle Allen to manage the game the way he's supposed to. And that defensive line of ours, I expect them to pressure Andy Dalton. I expect them to be able to stop Zeke Elliott. And I expect Kendall Fuller to just continue his hot streak. Interception number five, book it, coming this Sunday. Once again, I've got the Washington football team winning 27-24 to 24 over the Dallas Cowboys. That would push them to two and five, would knock Dallas down to two and five. The New York Giants would be one and six if the Eagles win, and the Eagles will be leading the division at two, four, and one. And that's going to conclude this week's episode of District Divided. Once again, I am your host, Amit Singh. If you like the podcast, like the episode, please follow it on Twitter and Instagram at District Divided. There's also a Facebook page and group called District Divided. Please join and like. Respectively. In the meanwhile, it's only one man's time to shine, and his name is paulie Polo. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. I can go for broke, but the capital is in me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. I can go for broke, but the capital is in me.